following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Okay. Just for the record, we got a sun in Phoenix, too. 52. No worries. That's perfect timing. My brother just stopped playing the music, so. Same here. Oh, me intro or you intro? Okay. Yeah. All right. Starting in three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny and Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date. On everything Phoenix Suns related, I am your co-host for today, the one, the only, Savory McGraw, and alongside me is the ever-so-dabbing Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? On today's show, we're going to go through the last few games, the ups, there's a few of them, the downs, quite a few of them, and then we're going to talk about the, the upcoming games, what to expect, what we're hoping for, and then we're going to try to end this one on a light note, because... We've we've seen some pretty some pretty tough stuff in the last uh, week here of basketball games. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five star review and a comment, and you will get a shout out on the show. But let's start with our first game here. On Monday, we played the Warriors. That was October twenty second. We lost one twenty three to one o three. I mean. I don't really know what else you expected. The game was in Golden State. That's really tough. Like, everyone's going to lose that game. But we kept it within 20, and we did see some good things in here. Three players specifically, and literally nothing else was good about this game. The three players are exactly who you would expect, so far this season at least. Devin Booker, 28 points, 6 assists, 5 rebounds. DeAndre Ayton, 20 points, 14 rebounds, 5 assists. Looked really good. And then TJ Warren had a good game here. 27 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. And 3 assists for TJ is like 30 for anyone else. So He might as well have had a triple-double with assists. He might as well have, yes. So those are the highlights for us. It was, it was pretty tough. I mean, we... It, we gave up points to, to the guys that you would expect. I mean, Curry had 29, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. Durant had 22 points. I mean, these guys hardly even had to play. I guess Curry played 29 minutes, but it's the Warriors. So what do you expect? I don't know. What do you have from this one, David? Yeah, I, I mean, Curry wanted to put it away in the second quarter. It seemed like he just he caught on fire, and he was taking those shots that kill any team. Nonetheless, us. So, I don't think you can be that discouraged. This opening stretch of games for us is just really rough. And it's really hard. I think some of some of our points, we should... DeAndre Ayton looked good. It took him a while to kind of feel out. And I feel that a lot of the centers that he's going up against, he's kind of getting this wide array of different guys. And it's taking him a little bit to get into the game flow and then really come on strong. He's a rookie, that's understandable. As he gets more used to everything going on, that will get a little bit better. But some of these points were in kind of garbage time. Basically, the entire second half was garbage time of this game, it felt like. <laughs> so, obviously yeah. that happened. And Booker and Aiton played quite a bit into the game. Stats may be a little inflated for just playing late in garbage time, but it a lot of the game was garbage time. So, yeah, that's going to happen. Right, and... I mean, Suns fans know a lot of our stats are going to be skewed because garbage time is pretty much all the time for us, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but this this game illustrates a trend that you'll continue to notice through the rest of the games from this week. And I'll, I'll get into it a little bit more later, but just keep in mind for now, 
We started this game okay. And then we we let a big run go in the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, just terrible. We gave up 38 points and only scored 24 in the second quarter. And that was really bad. So just keep in mind that that happened in this game because it's going to come back in the next ones. I think another trend is just some of this overpassing is killing us. There was a stat in the... I'm not sure where this stat was. It might have been either our NBA or our Suns, where our average uh, point points we give up off of turnovers is 28 and a half, something like that a game. Young season, small small sample size, but for context, the Warriors, one of the teams we played, average 18 fast break points. I think that was either last year or so far this year. So we're getting a lot of turnovers. That's a huge trend right now. That is similar to uh, when Quinn Snyder took over for coaching in Utah. Because of the ball movement and all that kind of stuff, when people weren't necessarily used to it, there was just a lot more turnovers, a lot of fast break points given up. But we're not necessarily fighting on those fast breaks either. It seems that we're being a little lackadaisical and just giving them up. You are giving us way too much credit. We're not (laughs) trying. We're not even trying one bit. I don't know if this is like something it, – it looks like Igor is telling them just stay back behind half court on any turnover. Obviously, he's not telling them that. But if someone if told – he's telling them that, he needs to be fired immediately. Right, but if someone told me <laughs> that he was saying that and I watched the game, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I can see that. Because, I mean, we're not getting back. Our transition defense has been awful. It's so bad. I've seen, I've seen a lot of basketball in my life, and I've never seen transition defense this bad. We're not trying. It seems like we're so fatigued. I don't know if we're just really not in shape or if we're not on the same page or what the deal is, but our transition defense has been awful. I, I feel like the only guy that consistently gets back, and it's not even that consistent, is Josh when he's on the floor. Yeah, but no one else is back there. So even if he gets a stop, they get the offensive rebound and they get the score anyways. Right. Well, and that was illustrated well in um, I believe it was the game against Dallas, the first game mm-hmm. of the season. He got back. He turned the ball over, got back, and blocked the shot on on a fast break layup. But, but then, no one was past uh, half court. Yeah, no one else was there, and the the other Dallas player grabbed the ball and just laid it in. Ugh frustrating but speaking of frustrating let's talk about this lakers game so we were at this game in person that's always fun even if we lose by 40 it's fun to be there um but we're we're seeing the same stuff here first quarter went pretty well but the second quarter we allowed 44 points and only scored 24 that like it's just not gonna work when that happens it seems like every time Tyson gets on the floor, it's, we're just over. The game's over for us, which right. he's just not yeah, himself. He's not, and that's saying something because this is the best game Tyson has had all season with 14 points and 11 rebounds, and he still looked terrible. <laughs> yeah, it, he was awful. He looked so bad, and he had a good game, but... Man, it, it was just the worst. The Lakers have looked like garbage when LeBron has been out. He, they've let up runs. They've look, not looked like they've had an identity. And they were able to run off 20 points at, on us. Or 40 points, obviously. But they went on, like, a huge run, and it was just over. Right. So. right. Yep. And, I mean, that's the trend. I mean, I'll explain this a little bit further now. But, it, you know... In every game that we've seen, I guess since the Warriors-Lakers games, we talk about the first quarter, we usually start out okay, and the announcers say, they're playing with so much, a much better energy, this looks different than the other games. Then we give up a run at some point in the first quarter, and we either claw our way back or just let it go. And then in the second quarter, we roll over and completely give up. And it's awful. And then the third and fourth quarters like don't even matter. Even if we keep them close in the third or fourth quarter, we gave up a 20-point point differential in the Which, wrong way. 
Right, and keep in mind, so look at this. The first quarter, the Lakers scored 32, and we scored 30. The third quarter, they scored 30, we scored 32, so switch that. So that, if, let's say that was the, that's the first and second quarter, dead even. The second, or the fourth quarter, they had 25, we had 27. We would be up by two if those were the first three quarters going into the fourth. Like, when you have just this dud of a quarter, it destroys you. And now, I know that you can't really compare it like that because the fourth quarter is way different. When a team has a big lead like that, they're not playing their best players. It's garbage time. I get that. but The fourth quarter able... for the Lakers was the Lance Stevenson show like right. this game. So. And, like, and Lance, <laughs> Lance is hilarious. I actually love watching him. But like, he's not going to do that all the time. No, he's not. It was it was funny. Lance is hilarious, but yeah, the these fourth quarters have been garbage time fourth quarters, but it, the first and thirds aren't necessarily. So, being close in those right. actually makes a difference. Right. These second quarters are just killing us and they are I we're playing our starters heavy minutes in the first quarter. Heavy heavy minutes. And our second unit gets heavy minutes in the second quarter. I don't think, I don't think it's the craziest thing to look at and be like, "Oh, hey, here's the here's what happens." Right. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But let's look. Let's look at some positives here. DeAndre Ayton, another double double, twenty two and eleven. He also had three assists, eleven for fourteen shooting. That's nice, and three blocks. No turnovers. Gotta enjoy seeing that. Now again, some of that comes in garbage time, but whatever. I'm always happy to see a double double, and just to honestly, even with the turnovers, that is, yeah, that's great to see. Big men normally have a really bad assist to turnover ratio. When you're backing down a guy, or if you have a mismatch and you're trying to back down a smaller guy, big men cough it. Big men cough it up all the time, and DeAndre hasn't been doing that as much, and has looked really good while. Doing that kind of stuff while also kicking out to guys and everything. So, i am been very impressed with DeAndre Ayton controlling the ball. Yes, he's been really good about that. Then, the other uh, player we need to talk about is Devin Booker. 23 points, 7 assists, 7 rebounds. Now, this was the injury. Well, slight injury. Strained hamstring. I don't really even remember exactly what happened. It was so minor. He just came out of the game, was hobbling a little bit. The, the, the team said just a strained hamstring. So he sat out for the Memphis game on Saturday and the OKC game on Sunday just as a precaution. And, you know, as a day-to-day thing, he was receiving treatment on the plane. He was re- he went home and slept on it. They interviewed it. He said they interviewed him and he said it feels okay, but just a precaution. So, you know, I'm fine with that. Miss two games, and if it wasn't a back to back, he probably would have only missed one. So, um, well, you know what this has told me. He had the adductor strain last year. All this other mm-hmm. stuff. Maybe we need to bring back Earl on a consulting job for some of that weekly yoga. Maybe that's what oh he's my missing. Gosh. <laughs> I. I really, wow, I did not want to hear that. (laughs) Sorry, I I warned you. I warned you that I had a joke that was funny but also made me sad. Yeah, you did (laughs) warn me, and I still am shook. (laughs) Oh, jeez. But, yeah, so this this was an interesting game, too, because Brandon Ingram and Rajon Rondo were suspended for, I, I don't even spit gate i guess is what we're calling it it's a stupid name but whatever um so we were kind of like oh maybe we have a chance or something nope Turn, um, turns out brandon ingram has not been as important to this lakers offense as uh one david on the podcast seemed to believe yeah well and then when you have lance stevenson going for 23 eight assists eight rebounds like how about javel going crazy. for 20 and JaVale, or whatever 20 yeah he had 20 he had six rebounds I mean, LeBron is LeBron. He's the best player in the world. It, it is kind of cool to watch him play. I'm not going to lie. I don't yeah. like it. But first, first time I got to see LeBron play, and 
You know, at least I can tell my kids that. One positive note, LeBron had 19 points. We lost by 18. So, you know, if LeBron wasn't there, we would have won. That's that's exactly <laughs> it. It's, I mean, when you play the team with the best player in the world, that's just going to happen sometimes. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I said I made that joke to Mitch when we were leaving the game. So I had to bring it back up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I really want this rivalry with the Lakers to be reborn because we've both been bad for a while now. And I was kind of hoping this would would get us into that again, but no. So it, It's okay. hard when you, get, you become a playoff team overnight, one team does, and then the other team is still signing Trevor Ariza to a one-year $15 million contract and trading for Ryan Anderson. Yep, that's right. Okay, well, let's let's move it on then to the game against the Grizzlies. Um, this one was on Saturday the 27th, and we lost 117 to 96. This was especially awful because I thought it was our most winnable game. <laughs> it, it still was. It was our most winnable game. Um, I will say, the Grizzlies are not as bad as I thought they were going to be this year. Like, Mike Conley's really good. No one can deny that. And when he's out all last year, that makes a big difference. I'm not saying the Grizzlies are good, but like... They also started like 8-0. They started 8-0 last year, and yeah. then did a nosedive. They start out strong and then just fall apart. I, I'm not surprised that they're looking good to start out the season, right. even though they lost to the Hawks, so... Yeah, but this, I mean, we, we've got the same story here. First quarter, okay, rough first quarter. We only scored 18 points. They scored 26. Fine. Doable. Eight points is doable. But then we score 25 in the second and give up 42 points. We gave up so many fast break points. Our transition defense was horrendous. It was so bad. Uh, We did outscore them in the third quarter, 28 to 19, but it just did not matter. And, oh, this was a disappointing one. It really was. No Booker really hurts. But the bright side of this, DeAndre Ayton, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, no turnovers again, and a steal. And he shot 12 for 13 from the field. And these weren't all just like dunks and layups. He was shooting mid-range. He had a chance to shoot a 3, and I wanted him to pull it, but whatever. Definitely trying to ease him into that, which, yes. you know, if we're, if we're sucking so much, just raise up for it. Who cares? Right. I don't even care. Um, but we started Josh Jackson and Devin Booker's absence. Uh, Josh, is, Josh is struggling. He had eight points, three assists, three rebounds on three for ten shooting, seven turnovers. Oh, man. he's He's been pretty reckless this season so far. I have kind of an early hot take that about Josh. I don't believe it, and I love Josh and believe in him, but we, this past week, these past however many games, we are in need of a point guard so bad. Even an average point guard, we just need someone. If it takes Josh to take a, to sw- to take a swing at a point guard, I almost feel like we should do it. Wow. I hate it. Wow. I hate it so much. I love Josh. I'm a believer in Josh still. I think that not having spacing, not having Booker hurts him so much. Not having another guy to get him the ball as much, like another point guard, I think hurts him so much. But maybe we just roll with a Kobo and maybe a Kobo changes that. But I almost feel as if we should. And I mean, we have Mikhail. We have TJ, who has looked really good. Uh, well, mostly good, but... Yeah, half and half, I'd say. Half and half, but I, I don't really believe it, and this is a really early hot take, but... That is interesting. Wow. I I do not want to trade Josh at all. <laughs> I don't either. I, I, d- I don't either. I, I should make that clear. I don't... I oh, love Josh. I don't want to trade him, right. but... Yeah. Here's what I'll say. I love Josh. I don't want to trade him, but I'm scared. Yes. But you... Okay, so you bring up Bridges... Anakobo and Warren. Let's talk about these guys. So TJ, TJ's been TJ, hot and cold. Some nights he's going to have 25. Some nights he's going to have three points in 18 minutes and go one for four from the field like he did in this game. But 
We are starting to see some more minutes out of Okobo and Bridges, and I am enjoying that. In, in this game against Memphis, Eliakobo played 18 minutes. And he had 12 points and two assists. Uh, he only had one turnover, so that's nice. And he's shooting threes. He was two for five from three, four for nine from the field. And then Bridges played 24 minutes. He's really starting to play. Seven points, six rebounds, two assists. He was two for eight from the field, and he had a turnover. But, I mean, these are the guys who need to be playing. On the other hand, we also have Jamal Crawford, who is starting to see more minutes. 13 minutes, he had 11 points, and that was it. So, I would so much rather see Akobo get minutes than than Jamal Crawford. But, I will get more into Akobo in the next game, but I am liking what I'm seeing from Elliot Akobo. I like what I see from Okobo, too. Okobo and Bridges, we should just throw them out there for 25 minutes a game and just roll with it. Honestly, Jamal Crawford isn't the one that I think that he should be taking minutes from. He should just have all of Isaiah Cannon's minutes. I agree just with that. Just all of them. We should just yes. not be playing Isaiah at all. Those those minutes I, should just yep. go to Okobo. That would be fine. And Okay, so this game was Cannon... Probably Cannon's or Kanan, sorry. That's so hard. I'm still gonna call him Cannon. I don't It's even care. it's so hard. But Kanan, this was probably his best game. He had eleven points, four assists, and four rebounds. He did have two turnovers, but still, like this was Akobo needs to be getting more minutes. And we we see this in the OKC game for sure. But yeah, I mean Kanan is He's just not what we're looking for. And this brings up a larger point. I was thinking about this during the OKC game. And I just think we have a few players on this roster that just do not fit what Kokoshkov is trying to do. One bit. I think that is a major part of the struggle. And next year that will change. Because Tyson will be off the books. We can cut Anderson for nothing. Just about right, Ariza. Ariza, when he's on, it's great. But he's had one game where he's really on, though. He hasn't been right. on that much. He, I, I'm not. I don't want to blame a lot of this stuff on Ariza. I think that out of all these guys, the two guys I think should be having minutes are Crawford and Ariza. I think yeah. they've been fine. Ariza's in a huge slump, and that's what's going to happen when you're not playing next to Chris Paul and James Harden anymore. <laughs> right, right. But like, we knew what we were getting. With a reason. That's that's true. And well, and in this game, in 33 minutes, he had six points, five assists, four rebounds, but he was two for ten from the field and one for eight from three, and he had three turnovers. That that kills you. Anderson didn't do much either. In his 21 minutes, he had seven points, three assists, two rebounds, two for six from the field, and one for three from three. One from three is better than one for eight, but it's when those guys aren't making shots, it's pretty tough to watch. I think that Tre- Trevor Reza shouldn't be getting 34 minutes. No, think, he shouldn't. I think everyone agrees that he shouldn't be getting that many minutes. I hope that this isn't, I hope that this isn't Kokoshkov's idea to play him 40 minutes a night. I really hope not. I'm, I'm a little scared, but you know, we we need some of these minutes to go to to go to Bridges, too. Even though TJ should be probably more of a small ball four, give him some of these three minutes. Give whatever. I just think that Ariza doesn't. He should be playing twenty two minutes a night, similar to Anderson. Right, right. But let's talk a little bit about the Grizzlies here. So you talked about how. DeAndre Ayton is facing all these different types of centers, and he's going to have to adjust to that. So Mark Gasol, he's facing Mark Gasol, who had a good game with 19 points and 8 rebounds. I mean, this is just another case of he's faced DeAndre Jordan, who's way different than Mark Gasol. He's gone up against... I mean... uh, Jokic. uh, JaVale McGee. Jokic. All of these guys are... Jokic and Gasol are kind of similar but it, it it's gonna take him some getting used to finding all these different styles and he's even said it's a tough adjustment and in college he 
he kind of had it figured out toward the end and now it's just a complete change and luckily it's a long season but yeah i mean it was tough mark gasol is still a good player even though he's a little bit older and then like i said mike conley as well 18 points and seven assists these guys are good players yeah i don't think that honestly every center that we're going up against is having a great game against us and that's Partly, partly an issue because Aiton is trying to play help defense on a drive man because our guards just let them go right around him. And right. then no one is trying to rotate to stop the other big, and he just has a free reign to the basket. I mean, DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan had a great game. JaVale McGee had a great game. Jokic had a great game for a different reason because Jokic just played out of his mind. Right. But... well. And with the Grizzlies, they have these guys who are super athletic, like Marshawn Brooks, Wayne Selden, who played 25 minutes and had 14 points. I have a soft spot for Wayne. <laughs> He's a nice guy. He really is. Um, and then uh, Dylan Brooks, he didn't play super well, but these guys who are used to going downhill, getting to the basket, kind of Josh Jackson style. So when you have to have help on those guys because our guards have such a hard time guarding athletic guys. This is what's going to happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. So it sucks. We need to figure out something on defense. And if that is even Deandre, just stay back on your guy. These, these guards, we need somewhere. We need someone else to be able to rotate over, but no one else is. And then it sucks because Aiden's kind of getting in a no-man's line now because he's trying to, but now he's trying not to just let his guy free because no one's helping him out, and then he's, you know, it's tough. At the same time, though, I don't want to take all the blame off Aiden. Oh, Aiden I, I agree. Needs, Aiden is not in shape. Aiden is so fatigued. Even in the second quarter, you can see he is so tired. And it takes time to get into game shape. I get that. Well, I don't really get that, but... <laughs> Our pace, I, I understand pace. the principle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The pace has been ridiculous in the NBA yes. so far this season to begin yes. with. I think that a lot of guys and a lot of, in general, would have issues getting used to this pace, and I think that they are. But right. that's just it's doubly more for Aiton, who was not was not in NBA shape, and it has to learn how to be in NBA shape as a rookie. So it has been difficult for him. I definitely agree some of the blame is on Aiton and he is kind of icing himself out and well that is that is partly his fault that is partly him and because he's not he doesn't have the best defensive instincts it's all no. smarts basically for him on defense and just his basketball IQ none of it is uh, any play that he does well it's because he is trying and he knows where to look not because he has these instincts of what to do this week's episode is brought to you by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is a performance enhancement for the bedroom. It gives you more confidence, and it's the first ever chewable with the same active ingredients as Viagra or Cialis, but the chewable works faster than those others. You can take Blue Chew on a full or empty stomach, and it's cheaper than the others like Viagra or Cialis. It only takes a few minutes to go in and fill out their online form. You don't need a doctor visit or an awkward conversation or you don't have to wait in line at a pharmacy. It ships directly to your door in discreet packaging. And Blue Chew chewables are prescribed online by a doctor and made right here in the U.S. This is the deal for you guys. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code PHX. All you have to do is pay $5 in shipping. So that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code PHX. But that leads us well into the OKC game and some of our complaints from that one. And I'm, I'll just start with that, and then we can talk about what actually happened. But my major complaint from this one is 50-50 balls, we're not even trying. We are standing and watching. And there were many instances where... The ball was tipped or fumbled, it's on the ground, and three OKC players are running to grab the ball, and we're just standing there looking at it, even if we're closer. Take one step. 
one step. And the comparison I made right before we started recording was the 2016 Super Bowl, the Broncos versus the Panthers. Cam Newton fumbles the ball, and he just looks at it and then jumps back. We all remember that play, and he was so criticized for that. That's what we do on almost every 50-50 ball. And it's so frustrating to watch that. Yeah. We are not showing effort. These veteran presence guys who are supposed to come in here and show these young guys how to play and how to put fight in aren't doing any of that. They aren't getting on guys' cases. They aren't doing any of that. It's just kind of standing around. We watched um, one play. Russell Westbrook was driving to the rim, and... I want to say it was a Kobo. Kind of was in front of him, but didn't really. And DeAndre came over and was able to help alter Russ's shot. And then in the in the replay frame, Nerlens Noel gets the putback dunk. But in the replay frame, you watch Ryan Anderson look at the ball and look at everything. At, to the side, he didn't roll over to try and stop Noel or anything. He just kind of watched, and he was there. And that is that is the biggest, oh, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing this season. We're just watching. And yep. there were so many times during this game and the previous others where guys were open because we're either ball watching or just not really rotating. And guys are open, and then we're having to scramble and leave someone else open, and they're getting open shots. Yeah, it's infuriating, and I really hope something changes. But we did kind of have a change in this one. We didn't have a terrible second quarter. We were only outscored by four, and we were down 14 at the half. So the final score of this game was 117-110, but the fourth quarter, the Thunder were just trying all kinds of whatever they wanted because they could. We did end up outscoring them 34-21, to but I'm hardly even counting that. It doesn't matter. Throughout most of the quarter, they were just doing whatever. And then they emptied their bench, and we went on a run to end it. Right, exactly. But if we look, we were outscored 30-20 to in the first quarter. And we started out this game pretty well. The announcers say, oh, we've got better energy. Still no Devin Booker. It was 17-17 at one point. Yes, and we there was a point where we went, I think this was the second quarter, we go on an 8-0 run, things are looking good, and then we have three turnovers back-to-back-to-back, and just killed all momentum, and the game just went downhill from there. I mean, it's frust- this is part of being a young team, I get that. But what we do is, it seems like we just let these things get to us when we have three turnovers in a row, and we just roll over and give up. You gotta keep fighting. That's the point of the game. Yeah, it's been really rough. I mean, we were se- it was 17-15 to 15 at one point. We were up by two. And the Thunder went on, it was an 11-2 run or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we just completely rolled over. We started just coughing up the ball. We started just watching and missing rotations. And we had 17, we had what? It was 17 turnovers in the first half? Yeah, 17 turnovers in the first half. Yeah, that's that should that's, not happen, ever. If, if we had 17 turnovers in the whole game, I would say that's too many. Yeah. And that was the half. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's awful. And it it's just so rough. Tyson played 12 minutes and that was 12 minutes too many in this game. Yes. Yes, that was tough. The pros of this though, the biggest pro of this whole game, Elia Kobo plays 30 minutes. And okay, let me make this clear. Isaiah Kanan, sprained ankle, being evaluated for sprained ankle. I'm not saying that's a good thing. You never want a guy to get injured. But he only played five minutes because of that injury. But it allowed for Kobo to play 30 minutes. And he had 18 points, five rebounds, seven assists, five for nine shooting, three for six from three. And he had he did have three turnovers, but I'll excuse that. And he was plus two. Kobo needs to be starting. Please, please. It's not that hard. I, I said that in the off season, But yeah, that's, that's the, the biggest thing, I think, from this game. And then, of course, you have Aiton, who 16 and 11, three assists as well. He did have three turnovers. He was getting pressured quite a bit, and he was eight for 17 from the field. But I'm fine with him putting up that many shots. 
But I will say, I, I just expect it. I expect a double-double from him every game. And I think that's kind of cool. There was the thing that everyone always says where they say that, you know, a sleeping double-double. Like, just get it in a sleep. That's right. very much Aiden at this point. Uh, even when he was, it was, oh, he has 10 rebounds and he has like six points. It was, oh, he's he's going to get that. He'll have a double-double. And sure enough, it was like 10 and 10 at some point. So I, I just fully expect DeAndre Ayton to get a double-double every night. He is very good. He, is, he knows what to be doing on offense. He's telling guys that their spots where to try and get it to. Our passing is garbage. He's not, you know, he's trying to pass out and guys were deflecting. I think Oklahoma City is probably going to end up being the, probably have the most deflections in the league. I think they were last year. Paul George is a big part of that. And these guys are just, have long arms and they know how to disrupt passes. When Roberson is back, they're going to be a top, three defense maybe yeah i mean i agree with that they are so good at deflecting passes and getting in there and that's a huge adjustment for ayton and i think ayton and once a kobo was in there they figured that out a bit and were able to cut down on some of that in the second half and you know probably at the end of the third quarter especially they finally started figuring it out a little bit but it's too late right it didn't matter at that point other highlights from this game, though. TJ Warren, 18 points and 8 rebounds, got back on track. That was nice to see. 2 for 5 from 3, so that's okay. Uh, Mikhail Bridges played 21 minutes, and he had 9 points and 1 rebound on 3 for 7 shooting. But he also had 2 steals, and he deflected some passes. That was nice to see, for sure. But another a great team highlight. We only missed 1 free throw in this game. There was a point where we were 20 for 20. That makes a big difference. So hopefully we can keep that up. Yeah, free throws are they're the easiest shot in basketball, is what a lot of people say. There's, there is pressure, obviously, but you're going to get your best percentage shots because they're free. They're free throws. Right, like, exactly. Well, the, the, the saying is physically the easiest shot, mentally, mentally the hardest. Mentally the hardest, yeah. But you should be, we should be shooting... 80% from from the free throw line, right. at least. And right. that was nice. I do think, compared to last year, I mean, I trust most of these guys at the free throw line. Even like even Tyson. Tyson has, in his later career, gotten a lot better at free throws yeah, than he did. not bad. Not He's bad. like a 70% free throw shooter now. So the That's only one that I don't want there is Josh. But he also is the one that needs to be there because he needs to be getting contact and getting fouled well and he went to the line zero times yep yay and he fouled out he had four turnovers tough game for josh he had an amazing flop on westbrook though he did he did (laughs) that flop he propels himself backwards very theatrical he jazz hands like i couldn't tell if i was watching a, a dramatic performance of Hamlet or something, or if I was watching basket, he took me to a Shakespearean era, a dramatic reenactment of a world war two vet getting shot in the chest and flying yeah, back. It, if, if Josh decides he isn't interested in basketball anymore, acting is the way to go. He's got it. I hope we can get some more flops like that from Josh. It was, it was pretty hilarious. It was well, really bad, when, but when he gets the fine for that one, I'm sure he will not want to do that again. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Whatever, who cares? It was it was it great. Was, it was funny. It was, it was enjoyable. I yeah, I definitely laughed. Highlight and of his night, for sure. Ryan Anderson in this game also not terrible. He had 15 points, which was his season high. Also five rebounds. I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I'm kind of surprised half of his shots didn't get called for a travel. That seems like the Ryan Anderson special is yes. go for a shot that's not a three-point shot and travel immediately. Right. I was sure that three of them were travels so that just didn't get called. And it's funny to watch him do it because, you know, James Harden 
does people criticize the way he shoots and they say oh he travels all the time but when he does it it looks pretty but when you get a six foot ten 30 year old white guy doing something not that similar but he does kind of travel on his shots it just looks so forced and every time he shoots like that it just i'm like oh that's not going in at all but it's a, combi- it's a combination of that and the Dirk fade that he's been trying to do the last Oof. however many games. Yeah, it's, it's not it's, pretty. <laughs> it's been rough. Yeah, it has been. But you know what? We're on to a new week. This was fairly negative, so let's try to change things around. We got Halloween coming up, and on Halloween night, we're playing the San Antonio Spurs rivalry game. Hopefully that's fun. Hopefully Devin Booker's back. Hopefully we have a little bit of energy. Couple days off. I mean, OKC, they're a good team. Second night of a back-to-back. And that's travel. Think about that. Memphis to OKC, those places aren't super close. I mean, yeah, these I mean, guys they are, are. but they're, they're in luxury flights, and it's not that big of a deal, but still. I mean, Tennessee and Oklahoma are pretty close. It's not like they had know. to fly from Portland to Boston or anything. No, but we never do that. I, I feel like, I, I don't know for sure, but I feel like this is one of the longer trips you would take for a back-to-back. I don't think so, but... You don't? What's no. longer? I'm pretty sure that there are back-to-backs where you're in L.A. and then you're in Texas. Mm, I don't know. Or even in so, L.A. and then Portland. I would say that's probably the same distance to... Would we do that, though? Let's yeah, look at our other back-to-backs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look really quick. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, no, wait. So that's home. Two, two away games in a row is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, we didn't go back to Phoenix or anything. We, just, we went Phoenix to Memphis, Memphis to Oklahoma. Oh, you know what? So we actually only have one more back-to-back that's two road games in a row. And it's from Houston to New Orleans. That's so, not that far either. That's no. probably the same distance. Okay. But, so the, the point is that this this set of back-to-back road games, this is the first of two times that we do this all season. So, it's good to get one out of the way. But anyway, we play the Spurs on Wednesday the 31st. Then we play the Raptors on Friday November 2nd, we're into November already. And then Sunday, uh, all of these are home, by the way. Sunday, the 4th, we play Memphis again at home. So it's going to be nice to be home for a little bit. Memphis, I'm going to say again, that's a winnable game. Toronto's going to be really tough. The Spurs are going to be really tough. But maybe being at home will help. We're going to get stomped by Toronto. Toronto looks so They're good. really good. They are really good. They're on all cylinders, and I think part of that is just because they can bring it so hard on defense that it just doesn't matter. They look they look really yeah, good. Yeah, that's not going to go well for us. This Spurs team, I would feel more I would feel better about it, but they still look like a playoff team and DeMar DeRozan is he's pretty good. He is really good. And he's- and yeah. I, I love Damar. I have a real big soft spot for him. And I'm not looking forward to him just torching us. No, I'm not either. But he's on my fantasy team. So. <laughs> oh, and speaking of, I I beat you pretty good in our fantasy league this week. We played each other. And oh, I think yeah. I beat you by like 300 points. Yeah, that sounds about right. Just just going to throw that out there. <laughs> well, when you have Carl Anthony Towns that got auto-drafted to you with the first pick because you missed the first your first pick, you're going to be in a rough shape, rough shape for fantasy. Yep, yep. But fantasy basketball is fun. I this is the first year that I've done it, and I'm having fun so far. But this, that's this is the that's because one. I'm yeah. It's because I'm winning, and in fantasy football, I never win. I actually did win this week, but I'm not very good at fantasy football. So yeah, this is my second time doing nice. fantasy basketball. My first time was I picked up Greg Monroe on the waiver wire, and oh. he was like 15 and 15 every night. It felt like it was great. Give me my love nice. for Moose. He couldn't do that for us, though. Bring him back. No, let's just get Moose back. Let's, Stop playing let's Tyson. Not. Let's not. Let's, <laughs> I, I would be okay with playing Rashawn Holmes more instead of Tyson because uh. we need to be doing that. He's played 
spot minutes in the last couple games. But oh. I'd rather have bonehead mistakes than no effort mistakes. Right. Holmes is at least going to try. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, like, he's, he's got to be able to try it more than Tyson right now. Right. Just age. Simply age. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, okay, so of the three games we have before we record again, Spurs, Raptors, Grizzlies, which one are you looking most forward to? None of them. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good um, answer. I, I, I'm excited to see Toronto more. I really have enjoyed watching them play, and I feel like we haven't got—I haven't gotten to see them as much this season. That game they played against Boston recently was really good. I'm really excited to watch them play Milwaukee on Monday. So I think this—that'll be this, a good one. I think this team has the best shot at beating the Warriors. They won't, but I think that—I think that they're going to be the Eastern Conference favorites, no question. Yeah, they definitely are now. Uh, I'll just say I'm looking forward to the Memphis game because I like winning and they're the worst team that we play of these three. So we'll probably lose, but whatever. Whatever. All right. On that note, let's move it to our non-sports section. So Charlie and I, who he is not present tonight for unknown reasons. R.I.P. Chuck. Yeah. Yeah. He and I went to see Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz do improv last weekend, and it was hilarious. It was so funny. I wouldn't even be able to begin to explain it. All they did was they took a suggestion from the audience. They asked, what's something that is making you nervous or scared or anxious right now? And someone said that he had just gotten a new job and was about to start. So they asked him for some details, and then they played out the job interview process. And in the end, George Clooney had shown up. There were five or six different characters. There was a secretary who overshared everything. There was someone who had something that they referred to as Ken doll syndrome. I won't go any further. <laughs> it was it was odd. It was hilarious. I laughed so hard. I haven't laughed that hard in a long time. But it, it spurred the idea for this segment. Who are some of your favorite comedians? Yeah. First off, I was jealous of you guys going and seeing that to begin with. I thought that sounded really fun. And that sounds even... I'm even more jealous now that it was straight up like that. Um, I've been watching... I watch comedy stuff quite a bit. Not a crazy amount, but right now I've been really on a John Mulaney kick been watching some of his specials and stuff and it's he's just really funny i think that dude's hilarious and his how he how he goes about his jokes is just really funny he has a really good setup and cadence with everything so that's pretty great another guy that i've been watching a bit of and chuck would appreciate this one is tom segura he's a little more crude uh i i saw him and heard about him from his episode of hot ones which is where i hear about a lot of people and (laughs) he has a podcast called your mother's basement or something like that that he does with his wife and it's Mm. pretty it's pretty hilarious and the dude the dude's i think he's really funny he has a very specific sense of humor and it's kind of it's kind of a a little more raunchy but i think he's I think he's pretty funny, and I've been watching some of his stuff. So those are the two right now that I've really been into. Um, I think John Mulaney is up there when it comes to comedians. Nice, nice. Uh, For me, Thomas Middleditch and Ben Schwartz, obviously. They're great. If you don't know them, look them up. They're so funny. Then I'll also talk about Jake Hurwitz and Amir Blumenfeld. Their podcast, If I Were You, is really funny. Their web series, Jake and Amir, is really funny. Amir has a basketball podcast called Buckets that's great. Uh, I love everything those guys do. I've been watching them for a long time. They're really, really funny. It's kind of specific humor. When you first watch their stuff, you might just think it's really odd. But the more you watch it and the more you begin to understand, the more they just integrate themselves into your daily life. I notice I say a lot of things from them that 
a lot of people don't even realize I'm quoting something. You've probably heard me say holy guac on the show. That's a Jacob Amir thing. And it's just something I do. Uh, so those guys are great. And then uh, the other duo that I really like, and I've talked about before, I think, on the show, there's two, I guess you'd call them comedians. They're writers, more specifically. But Billy Scafuri and Adam Lustick, they have a podcast called the No Joke Podcast. It's so funny. Sometimes they talk about just straight up silly stuff. They've done they've done two episodes on wallets, which is great. But they they're also really smart. Their their humor is very intelligent, and I I enjoy that. They come from a, a pretty large sketch comedy group called Harvard Sailing Team. If you haven't watched their videos, boys will be girls. Check that out. Really, really funny stuff. So, yeah, those are my plugs for this week. I didn't even think about kind of guys that started out on YouTube as comedians. Yeah. But oh, oh, and that reminds me. Sorry, no, Bo, Burnham. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. Bo is I love Bo Burnham. Great. Incredible. Great musician. Really funny. Intellectual kind of guy. Great. I, so funny. I rewatch his specials all the time. I think he's so good. He he's really funny. Guy kind of like YouTube guy that just did silly songs and then turned it into this great stand-up show. Yeah. He's he's, he's great. He's um, amazing. I got randomly back into Rhett and Link. And I guess oh, they would nice. be com- they're like com- they're comedians. They're straight yeah, up comedy, yeah. but I they do like their morning show that they've been doing for 1400 episodes or something dumb like that wow. forever. But I got back into them recently. They do a bunch of dumb, like, food stuff. And those guys, they're, like, they're a little bit more PG. A little bit PG-13, not as raunchy or anything. But they're pretty funny. These other groups, uh, I, I haven't watched as much, but I still go back to uh, this channel called Funhouse. They are kind of mystery science theater for video games. Which is, it's just a lot of kind of like raunchy jokes and being goofy while playing games or watching games. So I I go back to their old videos all the time. And then Sugar Pine 7, which is a like mock, like mock vlog style setup of a show. Uh, I watch, I've kind of rewatched some of their older stuff recently and not, not some of their newer stuff, but they're still really funny, very strange humor very it doesn't really make sense a lot of the time and this can be kind of annoying but i kind of think it's hilarious and i've showed mitch i've showed mitch both of these channels because but they're very strange and you're very much wondering what in the world is going on yes there i i watched a little bit of sugar pine seven and i had such a hard time getting into it but there there are some pretty funny parts but it I, I feel like it's kind of like the Jake and Amir experience. Unless you've been following them for a long time, it's kind of tough to get into just right off the bat. There's a lot of inside jokes, a lot of things that they'll come up with on the spot, and then you'll th- it'll seem like they've been talking about it forever. And so it's very not not friendly to enter into. But the guys are talented, but they're also younger than me and mitch and it's kind of disappointing they are yeah they are (laughs) all right well on that depressing note thanks for listening check back next week we'll be talking about games hopefully we have some more good news follow us on twitter at sunny and phx pod and go suns